third quarter. The give is to Thomas. Hainer is there. And Shane McKenna takes the finishing touches along with a couple of other Broncos. But that is something that Boise State needed to start a long time ago, that gang tackling. We haven't seen much of that today. Well, I think that's the third play that I've seen any type of gang tackling on. Other than that, it's been one-on-one -on -one and, and missed tackles all the way for Boise State. And Joel Thomas has looked like, he's looked like Barry Sanders this whole game. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. that uh, It's amazing how you can you see one team do something one play and then just not do it in any way. The next, the next time out, you know, you see game tackling one play, and then the next play you see guys just missing one-on-one -on -one tackles. And it's a, it's a, a real fake, deal. A fake to Thomas, and speaking of Joel Thomas, the Vandals leading the game 43 to six. What a fake punt for a touchdown. And I'll tell you, there will be no love lost between these two after that. Bart, have you ever seen anything like that? I think that's a pretty cheap call by a uh, coaching staff. We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. the club for the vandals of idaho you guys different different intro we are here in an emergency kind of situation dallas and i gave it a day you guys listeners know what the it means but today has one agenda item we're going to cover it is the news that zach kloss a head basketball coach at university of idaho Last three seasons, 14 and 67 against Division One teams in those three seasons. Zach Claus somehow is officially going to be back next season as head coach of University of Idaho. Uh, there hasn't really been an announcement, an announcement other than from Tubbs at the club, which uh, to look, we're going to jump right into Around the Bar brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. Uh, I learned last night, got a tip, a very good tip, that Zach Claus uh, appears to be back. I contacted the athletic department through uh, media communications um, person who answered the phone, Jarek, he confirmed with Terry Golick, who then got, and Jarek then got back to me relaying Terry Golick's words. Zach Kloss is still university, university of Idaho men's basketball coach. I have no idea if they're going to do any sort of public announcement um, because at this point, from their perspective, this isn't news because there's not a coaching change. Why would you announce a non-coaching change? And I asked if there's going to be a contract extension coming with Klaus. I didn't get what you would call a 100% concrete answer, but it was absolutely intimated that we should expect no new contract to come out regarding Zach Klaus. That's not official, as in I don't have, uh, I emailed the athletic department to get a written statement in response. But what was intimated to me was expect no contract change. So Zach Klaus and his Idaho will not be exercising the only $75,000 buyout on Zach Klaus's contract for his last remaining season, but he will allegedly, if this continues, will not be given a new contract. So he will just be coaching into his lame duck year, which everyone's going to be aware of because, well, Tubbs of the club has done their best to make sure everyone's aware of it. Dallas, I'm going to throw it to you. Um, there's only one topic. 
we we don't have a ton to explain because the story is self-explanatory. Klaus, we had a pretty flippant attitude in our last episode because it seemed preposterous that anyone could possibly be dumb enough to keep Zach Kloss, and we were just mistaken. So it's reaction time, Dallas. It's a day later. How are you feeling? Um, unbridled rage, honestly. Uh, I'm obviously pretty subdued at the moment because we are recording this at 10 o'clock at night and my wife is trying to sleep uh, across the hallway. Um, but this is fucked. This is absolutely fucked. This is the dumbest decision I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of stupid decisions. I've been a vandal for a really long time. This is so stupid. Um, if you're going to... The the way that we have been kind of figuring this out is that Klaus is going to coach this last year. He's not getting a contract extension, at least not yet. So we're taking one of the worst coaches in the nation into a empty year. Where, like, In what world does this make any sense? Either fire the guy or if you're going to commit to the guy give him a one year extension so you don't cripple the team moving forward obviously it doesn't really matter when half the team transfers out or more than half the team transfers out anyways and assuming there's going to be a new coach at some point that guy's probably going to want to bring in his entire like his own players so it is what it is but it's going to be so hard for him to recruit against anybody that's any of the D2 schools that are looking at the players we're going to be recruiting against because how do you how do you I just don't understand it. How do you, how do you make this make sense? This, the lame duck year is the the most ridiculous thing, and they're just gonna plow ahead with one more year of class. I, I I cannot understand this, Brian. We talked for an hour last week, or excuse me, last two days ago. Who boy, it's been a long it's been a long week. Um, I just I just don't get it. it, it this makes no sense to me. None at all. If you think the guy is the guy and he's not had a fair shake uh, because of COVID and because of, you know, he spent a year as an interim guy, yeah, that is what it is. Um, it's a wrong opinion, but it's an opinion, sure. Uh, but I, I, I don't understand how you can be okay with, we're going to let him coach out the last year of this deal and figure it out then. It, it, punting this decision is so stupid. My phone has been pretty dang busy since we since we broke i mean we, we kind of broke the news it's weird to think of breaking the news when nothing changed but the university had done no formal announcement so the announcement came via tubs of the tubs of the club on twitter and then all vandals and then sending some texts and since then um talked to a ton of people last night worked and uh was married to my phone in my breaks at work and there's no, there's very few people who have a different opinion than you right now, Dallas. I guess the, the response I'm going to give is people shouldn't waste their time looking for a, a reasoned argument to retaining Zach Claus. There, there is none. He's 14 and 67 in three years. Defensively, we are getting worse. We've had it, we've had more guys transfer out of the program than wins uh, in the Big Sky Conference. So, hey. The offense improved from worst in the conference to just still in the bottom half of the conference. So there is improvement in one aspect of, of the game, technically. Well, that, that's a huge oversight on my part. So absolutely, man, uh, apologize. Got to take back every, everything I've said. So what is there to take away? Well, I mean, I until we get evidence that 
there's something that happened or if we need contextualizing evidence to make any other uh, understanding of this beyond Terry Golick truly thinks that we have the right guy. Now it's not possible to make that to land on that opinion based off watching the, the, the games or seeing the evidence on the floor because Idaho, Idaho's a joke. Not, not just in like media world, but by the way, in big sky sports media, Idaho basketball is a punchline universally. It doesn't even require setup. You can always throw in the name Zach Kloss at the end of any sentence and it's understood. You just made a joke. Football is moving a different direction where people are starting to pay attention to Jason Eck and they should, because that looks like that move looks great. And people should not forget that in the midst of this dumpster fire news, like th there is positive stuff going on in the athletic department football specifically is one but terry has look this is just a failure of terry gollick she until she gives us contextualizing information the only thing we can read is this is a personality-based decision to keep the wrong guy this is a person who is just unwilling or unable to stare her first biggest her first big decision as an as athletic director in terms of hiring or firing a coach zach claus was the first one she made the ultimate decision on February 25th, 2020. And it's been an unmitigated failure the entire time. So that, that's where I would start, Dallas. It doesn't make sense because you need to not look at a reasoned approach. Uh, Terry just needs she is not able to accept that her basketball hire was a catastrophic failure. That doesn't mean everything, of course, that she's done as AD is the case. We just referenced Jason Eck, uh, women's basketball team by doing nothing. They're doing great. We have a new volleyball coach who there's reason to be excited about. But basketball, man, this is a blemish. This should be a blemish when people are understanding Terry Gollick's time here because we're going to be rounding into half a decade of when you factor in Verlin's last season and Claus's four seasons. And he look, he's going to get he's not going to come back after last year. He's not a good enough coach. He. Based off what we've been told from sources pretty close to the team, his developmental strategy is very close to non-existent. We've seen his game in strategy is elementary, if we're being generous. There's just no way he's going to come back. And there's a reason we titled the show Requiem for a Team is part of my reaction, honestly, to hearing the news was lost because immediately it felt like, you know, I remember that Long Beach State game earlier in the year where I made the mistake of thinking Idaho was, had come back. We haven't. So we're, we've got another year of fingers crossed, Klaus can get a handful of guys that we can be flirting with okay in regards to. But now, of course, because he is never going to be the guy, he doesn't have a good enough basketball mind. He doesn't have a good enough organizational mind. We've seen this. We need to hope he's not coming back next year, which actually puts us in a weird space, Dallas, because we want to root for Idaho. But everyone knows Zach Klaus is simply not going to, is not good enough and he's not going to be good enough. Exactly. I, uh, now I hope we are wrong. I hope he comes out and wins 20 games next year and completely blows everyone away with, with what the team becomes, but we have not seen one shred of evidence that that's possible. A turnaround. Uh, first off, a turnaround does not take this long. Uh, we, we spoke about it on the last show. I've tweeted it out. Uh, Eastern Washington lost almost their entire team from their 2020-2021 tournament run. David Riley comes in as a brand-new head coach. They have two guys from the previous roster that play meaningful minutes. They win 18 games, 16 Division One wins. Same as Kloss has in three goddamn years. This does not take this long. 
We are going into you, year four. Real quick, eleven big sky wins, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, it just again, Brian's finding the buttons to push to just make me angrier about this situation. This, this, there, there is no logical reasoning behind this. There, this does not take this long to turn around a program. Uh, we talked plenty about it on the last show. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope that year four is magically going to change compared to years one, two, and three. But here we are punting another year of of basketball because what we we don't want to fire the guy uh because he's a nice guy like yeah I, you know, great if if you like his personality like th- that's fantastic i i get it i am in management at my my job i hate having to be involved in firing people it's the worst it sucks especially in Golic's case this is a guy you hired well he was obviously promoted by pete isaacson but the contract he was given was given to him while Terry Golick was the athletic director. This three-year deal he's running on was a deal she handed out. I, I don't know. Maybe you know it was easier to fire Paul Petrino because wasn't her guy. Maybe Zach Kloss is kind of her guy and she's in his corner and she really wants him to succeed. I get that. Absolutely been there. But you have to be able to read it logically. And there is zero logic, zero logic to this decision. You can make the argument, yeah, he had a COVID year. Yeah, he's been an interim coach. Other guys have to deal with that shit, too. This isn't just unique to Zach Kloss. There are other interim coaches, like Sacramento State. They didn't give their interim coach a brand-new contract just because he won 10 games, excuse me, 11 games this year. Like It's it's just not... Trying to approach this logically, I can't find a reason for this other than Golic just didn't want to fire him. And, you know, if that's if that's the case... Great, but you have to own the fact that that is an awful, awful, awful decision. Oh, of course she does. Like Johnny Ballgame made a reference to it on his show today, which hey, I'm, I'm about to trigger some of our fans. This Zach Kloss coming back after a three look his three year run. It's so embar- it's so terrible that it almost feels dull to bring up stats. But hey, here's one that I forgot to bring up when we recorded on Tuesday. This season, hey, this is supposed to be, you know, his season of measurable growth. Zach Kloss's words, measurable growth. We had a single double-digit win. It was a really fun win over South Dakota State. Uh, we played out of our minds, but hey, it was a real fun game. I liked watching it. We had 11 double-digit losses. So truly, for every single, like, you know, pretty good performance Idaho had, we did have a few. There's a minimum of two just terrible follow-up performances. That doesn't even count the single digit. Look, the losses to Idaho state, both those were single digit. Those were embarrassing games for Idaho losing to Idaho state. By the way, we're, we've lost four games in a row to Idaho state. So uh, allegedly Idaho state's our little brother, heavy, heavy emphasis on allegedly, but there, there's no, no reason to pay attention to this, but shift back to the Johnny ball game reference. This would never fly at Boise state. Boise State standards, way too high. Boise State's fan base, way, way too interventionist for something like this to to fly. But, and I know, flagship university, I don't really have a reasonable place to land on this other than to say, Terry Gollick clearly does not really value having a competitive basketball team. Zach Loss has given you all the evidence and if this is something you wanted to give Gallic credit for of having the favorable buyout in his contract, which it was, she's not exercising it. So whatever win that was, 
We didn't cash in on it. Exactly. I, I, to be completely honest, I'm at the point where I would make the argument that Terry Golick does not give a shit about winning. Yes, the Eck hire looks fantastic, and we're all excited for Vandal football. That was a brain-dead decision. Paul well, Petrino probably should have been gone before this, but his buyout was obviously way too hard to figure out. The second he started playing his own kid at quarterback, it was a pretty goddamn done deal that this guy is not going to be here forever. There, this guy has to go at some point. Getting rid of Paul Petrino and bringing in Zach, or excuse me, Zach Claus, bringing in Jason Eck was a brain-dead move. Anybody could have done that. Anybody could have seen, oh, look, attendance has completely fallen. Yes, the FBS to FCS move happened. But that Montana game that first year, that dome was packed. And then, you know, about a halfway through the first quarter, it wasn't because it was a complete bloodbath. But people bought tickets and went to the games. You come around to Petrino's final year and attendance has is in the 3,000s. Brain-dead decision to get rid of him. Zach Kloss is it's on the same level here of this was a brain dead decision and it didn't happen, which is probably tied to the fact that there is a bunch of apathy from the Vandal fan base. And I don't mean to call the fan base out here because I completely get it. We're about to go into the, the fifth year of Idaho basketball being absolute trash. Spoiler alert for everybody. Idaho basketball is going to suck again next year. They might suck like this year's team did where it's kind of fun to watch and they, you know, they steal a couple games. I don't think they're going to be the suck of two years ago of historical suck, but they're not going to be magically good. We have not seen anything that's indicating they're going to be good next year. I, to me, this just this feels like Golic does not care about winning, uh, plain and simple. The only mitigating stuff I'm going to run through real quick is I agree with you. Firing Petrino was a brain dead decision, and that doesn't that doesn't really deserve that much credit. We did have some good applicants, and Jason Eck landing on Jason Eck. I don't know if you'd call that brain dead. I'm just parsing just because we're the fair show on the planet, Dallas. But your main point of firing Paul, Paul Petrino is brain dead. Hiring Jason Eck was a good move, but hey, we will acknowledge when the right thing happens. We just did. The fan base thing, I mean, it's mixed because Idaho basketball has been dumpster fire bad for four consecutive years. And even in our last good year, uh, five seasons ago with Ver Verlin was the head coach. That's the BJ Blake team, Vic Sanders team. That team objectively underachieved. The, although that year, I wouldn't even say we, objectively. You'd say what? I wouldn't even say objectively. That team absolutely underachieved. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, objectively meaning it's a fact-based thing that they underachieved that year. Oh, the okay. the that season though, that was the 2017-2018 season. The Washington State game at Cowan Spectrum, man, that was about 85% capacity in the Cowan spectrum. There was energy when there was reason to have energy. All this left are the diehards now. This year we had a small uptick because there was the event of seeing ICCU. But if you watch those games in person or on ESPN+, the arena itself was not enough to draw enough fans to even pull out the sideline bleachers for the majority, overwhelming majority of our home games. Which is to say, you're look, you're right. This... Uh, is clearly not working. Is clearly not going to. Our next best hope is that Klaus hits a home run with recruitment, and when the team underachieves because strategically, Klaus is clearly the worst coach in the Big Sky, uh, and it is. I mean, it, I don't even, I even know how close it is. Uh, I suppose uh, Burkar and uh, NAU and Ryan Looney at Idaho State seem like the closest competition for Klaus, 
but they at least have had both of those guys at least have had a good season in their three years. Klaus does not have that distinction of having anything close to a good season yet. You can expect that even if we hit a home run with some guys recruitment wise, we're, we're going to underachieve and you just have to hope that uh, we have talent that can transcend the coaching staff next season. And then it's just intolerable to bring him back with a new contract because I mean, at this point, even if we're, we're parsing this decision from a, let's say like a, like the, a po- political kind of understanding or public opinion kind of standing. I mean, Terry Gollick just purged a lot of goodwill from the athletic department. I bet she actually just purged some energy from all the hard work Jason Eck and staff have been doing because a lot of people were energized about the direction of Idaho athletics and you still should be with football guys. Do, do not, do not be upset at the guys who did nothing wrong, but because people don't understand the athletic department segmented team by team completely. Everyone was excited after the Jason Eck hire because he's a great hire. And it seemed to signify that Idaho was officially moving on from what we'd done previously. And we now we're going to have a different standard that we should expect Idaho, Idaho to compete at in the big sky. Well, now with basketball, that part's clearly out the window, Dallas. It's just football's a reset. Be happy about a reset, but that's a narrow bracket to pay attention to. Absolutely. Uh, so, so I'm sharing on the screen for anybody that, that is an audio listener. Uh, Idaho's history over the last about 20 years. Uh, does anybody remember George Pfeiffer? Because I think the George Pfeiffer thing is a very apt comparison here. Uh, Leonard Perry had a you know a couple mediocre years in the Big West, went to the WAC and lost four games in his first, or won four games in his first year. He got canned. They brought in George Pfeiffer on a three-year deal. George Pfeiffer won four games his first year, eight games his second year, and they fired his ass. I will absolutely give Rob Spear credit for that. Realized he made a mistake, canned the guy, brought in Don Verlin. Verlin immediately won 17 games, winning season in his first year. Like, this is not this is not a, a rebuild that is going to take Kloss 10 years to fix this program. Yes, there were NCAA, NCAA violations at the end of Verlin's term. Maybe there's more that weren't announced who knows? Things maybe needed to be cleaned up in the background, sure. But George Pfeiffer, four games, eight games. Canned him, brought in Verlin, immediately won 17 games. This is not a hard decision. There's there's historical precedent for the Idaho Vandal men's basketball program to get rid of a coach two years into a three-year deal, realizing, nope, this isn't working. Buy him out, start fresh, and immediately turn the program around. Uh, yes, Verlin's team's never... Never had the success, I think, that a lot of us hoped for. Uh, the team in 2011-2012, uh, the Kyle Barone, Stephen Madison days, that team went 19-14, and 14, probably should have at least made a run in the Big Sky or the WAC tournament, lost in the first round to Hawaii. Yeah, the, the There were some teams that made some tournament runs when, in years that they weren't expected to, and then obviously the, the Sanders-Blake year that they won 20-some games and lost – early in the tournament and it, it, it never fully worked out the way that I think it was wanted to, but for a very long time, Idaho Vandal basketball was at least consistently. Okay. We have not had that in four, in three years of Zach Kloss. the fourth year. I don't see anything that's going to change that. And it's, it's so frustrating to see back, you know, 15 years ago, George Pfeiffer was a mistake. They reset and moved on. It was the right decision. They're, they're, I'm sure there were people clamoring for, let's give him another year. Let's see what he can do. They pulled the plug, brought a guy in who knew what he was doing and immediately brought a a winning program around. And it's just, it's mind numbing. It's baffling. It's frustrating. 
I am fucking pissed off right now, as as Vandal fans should be. I think the reason that we spoke at the beginning of this, Brian, and you said the there's been no news, there is no news, and that's how the the program is is going to approach this. There is no news because there's no coaching change, there's no extension, there's nothing. It's just there's no there's no news. If you look on Twitter, there's not a whole lot of people that respond to Vandal basketball tweets because nobody cares anymore. The team's been so bad for so long. People are not thrilled about Zach Kloss. This is not just Brian and I being old, bitter men bitching about things. If you look across the fan base, people aren't really thrilled about this. You know, I'm sure there's a couple stragglers that are all gung-ho for Kloss, and they're, you know, they're probably family members and friends, and I, I get it. You know, I, I support my family, too, when they suck at their jobs. But they're, like, there's nothing here that is redeeming this team. I, I've even been joking, Brian, and it's not really even that much of a joke, that we should just become a, a women's basketball podcast next year. Completely screw this. Just focus on the women's team. Focus on a team that deserves attention, a, a program that is built by a winner, a guy who knows what the hell he's doing out there on the court. I think we should focus on that because I, I just I can't find the reasoning to care about Vandal basketball right now. You even missed a little bit of the context that's probably worth adding Dallas when you're talking about the Verlin years in that Verlin's turnaround was in the whack, which is essentially the mountain West of today. So it was a significantly better conference that that turnaround took place in. Um, I, I, man, um, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to, to know exactly where else to move this. I was, by the way, I was looking up online, just checking in your reference Dallas to, online reaction to vandal basketball i can tell you uh, online reaction to us this was one uh in terms of interactions online meaning people paying attention oh tubs was huge today because there are people who care universally maybe not universally like 98 percent of the reaction was ju just devastation of people feeling like i cannot believe this is happening there's a little, there's another part that, look, I'm not trying to make this theoretical academic or anything, but sports, one of the draws is that it is meritocracy in its purest form and that you truly do win games or you truly do recruit the best guys and you truly do get the show if your strategy works. When someone like Zach Loss has 11 big sky wins in three seasons and also got a bracket that this is not the strongest three-year run the big sky has had even since Idaho was in the conference. When, when you see something that just catastrophically bad and Zach Kloss is still there, fans understand that as a perversion of the meritocracy, which is to say it's not a meritocracy anymore. What you do doesn't matter anymore. Well, if, you, if what you do doesn't matter anymore, good God, what is the point of sports if that part doesn't matter? That's where we are. You know, I, I encourage everyone. I know that you may feel that there will be no material change about that that can come because of this, which is probably true. I emailed President Scott Green. I emailed Athletic Director Terry Golick. I I really think everyone should do this. Send them how you feel. Uh, don't be lunatics. Be polite. But you know, in the educational world, uh, discipline is supposed to be understood as uh, fair and firm. That's a, that, that's the tone I would highly recommend people to strike in their emails. I actually have one. I'm fine. Email it, reading the email I sent to Scott Green uh, and also uh, re reading what Scott Green said to me. Here's my message real quick. President Green, though I know and accept your role as president involves delegation, I still feel it's important to send my concerns relating to the news that Zach Kloss will, will return next season as head coach of our men's basketball team. 
Specifically, the disappointment I share with many Vandals who now know our men's basketball team will not be moving in a new direction for next season. There are, a, there are lots of stats I could send in showing Claus is just not the right man for this job. But to keep it short, Terry Gollick made the right choice in letting go of Paul Petrino. It made me hopeful that a new standard was being set in Idaho athletics. And while I appreciate and value the work of our new football coach, Jason Eck, I have to say it was deflating to hear the news that Zach Claus's historically bad first three seasons were somehow good enough to warrant another shot. Right or wrong, seeing Claus and his 14 and 67 record versus Division I teams come back for another year makes it feel as though fielding a competitive men's basketball team is not a priority for the University of Idaho. I can say for myself, until our men's basketball team is coached by a man who gives us a chance to compete in the big in the big sky, I see no reason to plan any of my time around driving down to ICCU to watch his teams. I appreciate your work. Thank you for your time, Brian Marceau. And by the way, Scott Green responds. It's short because he's got work to do other than staring at his inbox. But uh, his response, Brian, sorry to hear that. I trust Terry's judgment. She and Zach have cleaned up the NCAA violations. <laughs> it is her call. Best. See Scott Green. So, of course, there will be no material change. But what the, one of the tools you guys have is to let the people who make – let the gatekeepers know this was a terrible decision. I totally encourage people. Send polite but direct emails regarding how you feel about this. And Dallas. you, too, could get a ringing endorsement from C. Scott Green because – that's all I read out of that is he is thrilled to have Zach Kloss here. If anybody can't see my face uh, because they're listening to this, I'm being extraordinarily sarcastic. It's not much of a ringing endorsement. Um, not that we're expecting one, but it, it I don't know. I, it's late. I'm exhausted. I read that as, oh, Green's even frustrated. He sent Brian three sentences on this. It's just, I don't know. It. I got nothing, Brian. This is just, it's, it's frustrating. The reality is setting into me that the, this athletic department does not care about winning. Like I would hope an athletic department would just, I'm going to take a shot here, Patty. I apologize. Uh, Eastern Washington is a pretty bad school. They're in a pretty shitty town. Again, no offense, Patty. Um, I just, I don't like Cheney all that much. Uh, Yet they they consistently win all the time, and it's because they hire the right athletic directors. I'm not saying Golic is the wrong athletic director and that Golic needs to go, but this is a pretty goddamn terrible decision. You go back to the Bill Chaves days when Eastern started really building this incredible, you know, football and basketball both being good at the same time, which is a, a foreign concept. I I definitely don't understand. Bill Chaves, the only thing that guy cared about was winning. I spoke to him many times, and I. I have spoken about it on the show that I was a journalist, spent a lot of time at Eastern. I am I am very fond of Eastern because of the way they treated me, much different than Idaho. Idaho couldn't be bothered to have media coverage, and Eastern was like, oh, somebody wants to pay attention to our sports teams. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is, it is so frustrating to see the transition go from Bill Chaves to Lynn Hickey, and all Eastern does is win. They have pretty awful facilities they're in the middle of nowhere they're in a pretty terrible town and yet they continue to win and that's that's what they're focused on they they lose their coach he brings some other coaches he brings the entire roster they get the the right assistant in place and and just continue to win and it's frustrating to see moscow lovely moscow idaho which is so much better than cheney washington this incredible new arena it just it's 
it feels like we are pissing away this incredible chance to be the bullies of the big sky and bringing back Zach Claus for a fourth for for a fourth year is a ringing ringing endorsement of how much Terry Gollick cares about winning, which is to me little to none. Only caveat I'm going to throw in there is just when you reference uh, President Scott Green. Realistically, he's he's delegating tasks as he's supposed to, and he's not throwing his athletic director under the bus, which, of course, he's not going to. Um, I just think people should extract that, but keep in mind, this is one of the ways you can let the leadership know how you feel is you can message them. That's why I picked Scott Green, and he does reply, which which I appreciate. Transition over, like my frust- my frustration is towards Terry Golick, because Dallas, you're right, especially with Idaho and the big sky. We're not out-resourced by a lot of the big sky schools. But in basketball, we're a laughingstock. We don't need to be. There are a lot of guys who would love to take this Idaho job. If this job opened yesterday, Terry Golick would have been flooded with letters or emails of interest or applications. We would have had a lot of young guys that we could look at as promising upstarts who maybe can start an Idaho coaching tree for once. We also might have a handful of guys who Johnny Ballgame always talks about Larry Eustachy, but just as a reference point, there are a lot of guys who would love to get their careers back on track at University of Idaho, but we're fingers crossed. We have that coming next year after next year, but man, this is, this is a long, this is going to be a long project, man. Uh, It really did feel like a loss to me hearing the news because you, you referenced supporting the women's team, and people absolutely should support the women's team. The women's team is great. Uh, there is nothing – I have nothing but positive things to say about Coach John Newley and the women he recruits and how they play. It's fun. It's been successful. It's everything the men's team – the men's team doesn't – Zach Kloss, that is, because we, we try not to beg on the athletes. Zach Kloss can't even dream about a down year like John Newley had, quote-unquote down year for John Newley, because if we if Zach Kloss had had that d- down year – Oh, well, he probably would have a four-year contract presented to him at this point. If the reference point for growth, which just have to talk on the two basic arguments people have, everyone has to know by now, this is is not a money issue. If anyone tells you it's a money issue, point blank, they're wrong. Cost $75,000 to buy out Zach Claus's contract if we're on the hook for the media portion. If we're not, it's $65,000 for the year to buy out Zach Claus's contract. Terry Golick could have raised that in five minutes. People, Zach Claus does not have backing from this fan base universally. I mean, honestly, now there's antagonism towards the coaching staff and that he, I don't know how good he'd have to be for people to buy back it, to be, to find himself in people's good graces. Cause really the people we talk to, if you're not one of the people who tepidly supports Klaus, cause he's a nice person, he's never been a legitimate candidate to be head coach. He, we we don't know why Pete Isaacson reached down to the number three, certainly not the best candidate to be a head coach at Idaho. And Klaus was five and 20 when Golic decided he was the full-time guy. There's just no, there is no reason based off what most people understand that term to mean. There's no reasonable def- explanation for why he was ever made our head coach. And there's not going to be a good reason explaining why he re- continues to be our head coach beyond Gary just has to accept she was wrong. And it's going to take at least one more year. Just so everybody's aware, because I feel like we should we should explicitly mention this on the show. Uh, John Newley took over a program that had won four games the year before, 
and promptly went 10 and 6 in conference. Overall record was 13 and 15, so didn't get the winning season in his first year, but went 10 and 6 in conference in his first year. Uh, it, like taking over a women's team that won four total games the year before. This it is not this this idea that I I think the athletic department is trying to pitch us as Idaho men's basketball was this massive rebuild and Zach Kloss is the right guy to clean up the program and get it done. This shit doesn't take that long. 2007-2008 women, 4-25, and 3-13 and 13 in conference. They bring John Newley in. They immediately go 10-6 and six in conference. Like, it, this is not like, this is not brain science or rocket surgery. Like, this is, this is pretty cut and dry. You suck as a coach or you don't suck as a coach. That's really what it comes down to. And there's no excuse here for how this losing is, is being accepted. This is just not something that happens. It doesn't take somebody this long to prove that they know what they're doing. And people can, you can cherry pick stats from other coaches. Like, well, he started over here at this university. He only had 20 wins in his first three years. Most of the time that that happens, the guy has proven that he's a successful head coach or assistant somewhere else. We haven't even seen that with Klaus. He was the lowest assistant on Verlin's staff for a guy that got, I mean, Yes, the NCAA violations happened, but realistically, Verlin's final year was terrible, and I've always kind of questioned if they were just looking for a way to get out of his contract and and start fresh. And if that was the case, they started off with his lowest assistant for some reason, who had... It, it, I just, I don't know, Brian. I, I, I am at a loss for words to explain how stupid this entire process is. Well, and the other part you have to reference in terms of if this is such a big rebuild, Klaus has been able to retool the roster two complete times. Whatever the vestiges of Verlin, the the ones that are negative are gone. By the way, we're losing the positive ones too when a guy like Tanner Christensen leaves the program. So, sure, it's a rebuild. Klaus has rebuilt this pro has been the head coach for three years, every game for three seasons. He has rebuilt the roster twice. The and on it, and truly, it's unclear which team is better. The Klaus had his first year with the vestiges of Verlin's guys and Verlin's staff, or this year where allegedly we made such measurable growth again. Zach Klaus's words measurable growth, which it's only measurable growth, or unless you're reading the word literally measurables and you can measure it because I mean, yeah, people we do keep track of games, but the thing the measuring stick Zach Klaus wants you to keep in mind is the 2020-2021 season. Those were all guys Zach Kloss recruited. Those those were all games he roamed the sideline. People shouldn't even accept that as a reasonable measuring stick because that was that's his mess. If this is a mess he's fixing and your reference point is his second year, that's Zach Kloss's mess. So I have no idea how that's supposed to be a point in his direction. But again, the, that's the problem I just had and you've had. There's not a good reason for him to come back. So there's no, we should not operate from that point of view of frustration of, well, like, what are we missing? <clears throat> like, what analytic metric will help explain this? None. There's just none. He shouldn't be back at the end, and he is. So a lot of vandals now are left, left in the space of, what do we do? I've already told you, I think you should send a polite but firm email uh, expressing how you feel to Terry Golick and Scott Green. If they do not feel waves, if they do not experience a version of annoyance or discomfort from this, believe me, look, he's going to, Zach Klaus is going to be the head coach anyway, but nothing 
is going to be interpreted as a problem if there are not ripple effects into the program. As far as what people do in terms of their money and their ticket purchasing, I've officially moved to Pontius Pilot Land, guys. Your money, do what you want. I am not going to sit here and tell people to starve the program, but I'm not going to tell you to go watch ICCU games next year if you want to. Cool. I probably won't. It's a lot of work to plan uh, relative to, you know, like I have a family. It's a big deal for me to get there during the week or the weekend. And Zach Kloss isn't worth it to me. Um, as far as money, I will probably do my donations where you can pick the which program specifically through uh, Vandal Athletics receive University of Idaho Athletics receive your funding. And I'm just going to prioritize football to congrat to give credit to the good work that Jason Eck and staff are doing. And probably women's have a portion go to women's basketball instead because I do love basketball and uh, there is a program worth rewarding with your money, University of Idaho. It's John Newley's team. But for you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I am done advocating for what people should do with their money in regards to the athletic department, other than probably support Jason Eck and John Newley. But you guys get the basic point. We typically have been universal advocates for donate, donate your money. We're not telling you to take it away, but we're, I'm done uh, saying really pushing it. I just want to issue a quick uh, statistical update. I, I just went back and looked at the rosters. Uh, from Verlin's final year into Klaus's first year, four guys returned. So entirely fresh roster for the most part. Obviously, Trayvon Allen was a, a returner and was the best player on that team. Moving from 2019-2020 into 2020-2021, seven guys from that team returned. So you know, about half the roster got replaced. Moving from 2020-2021 into this most recent season, the 21-22 season, four guys returned from that season. So Klaus is having a very large amount of turnover every single season. This is a pretty good proof that Klaus is bringing in his own guys. This isn't like, you know, we got to, like football, we got to give him three or four years to get his class through. That's not how it works in basketball. Half the team leaves every year, or in our case, more than half the team leaves every year. So I, I want to get that out there for anybody that says he needs more time. If he was going to succeed, we would have seen something by now that told us he was going to succeed. It's not like he's sitting here running out the last of Verlin's recruits. These are almost entirely guys that are are his guys at this point. He's about to go into year four, so anybody that was a freshman in the Verlin years would be gone by now anyways. But with the amount of turnover that happens every single year with this program, these are Kloss guys. This is, this is what we get. This is not a... Massive rebuild where we've got to purge the program of, of recruits that were either not good enough to stick it or recruits that had off the field issues. You know, some of the things that kind of happened at the end of the achy years where it was like, oh, there's there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up here. Yeah, you know, some things needed to be cleaned up, but it doesn't take four years to do it. We've had a completely fresh roster almost every single year, and it's just it's maddening. It's 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 baffling to me that you can make make this decision that Klaus is going to come back and coach this lame duck year. There's no, there's no fucking sense to it, Brian. And I, I just, I just don't know what to do. I, I was going to buy season tickets. The second Klaus was gone, I, I'd already been talking to. Uh, I'm not going to say, give anybody's names, but I'd been talking to people and saying, "Hey, uh, the second that this change happens, I'm going to get courtside seats because the the arena is incredible." I am not going to make that two. It's it's two hours from my house in Spokane. Uh, without stopping for food, without stopping for gas, like you know, a 
uh, getting in the car and not stopping until the Kibbe Dome is about one hour and 59 minutes. I am not going to be making that trip much for, for men's basketball. If we if we become a women's basketball podcast, I'm getting season tickets and I'm going to be there every weekend. But I have no reason to support Zach Kloss's program right now. There's nothing about it that says success to me. Now, look, if you want to hear the statistical breakdown and also just have fun seeing us flipping that he that Kloss was going to be gone and now just devastated that uh, – because we honestly, I don't think we even had our heart that much in the critique last time. It was, it just seemed like such a foregone conclusion because it should be a foregone conclusion that Klaus was gone, but he's not. Well, I want to, I'm going to cut you off real quick, Brian. There was a specific number that we were told was the, like the baseline. He's got to get this many wins to come back. And that's why we had assumed he wasn't coming back because he did not reach that baseline. Yeah. And I mean, other reasons too, but yes, we had, Look, it turns out that information is wrong or opinions change because, you know, in terms of decisions, if that number is not a contract, it's an understanding. It's not a real number. But stat I forgot to bring up last time. I already touched on it this uh, tonight. Uh, Idaho with one double digit win this year, 11 double digit losses. If you look at the three year run. Oh, it's, of course, even worse. Hey, Dallas in three years. How many double-digit wins does Idaho have? I already gave you a spoiler alert. We have one from this year. In Klaus's other two seasons combined, how many double-digit wins? I want to say two across his whole career. I was going to say three, but no. I'm going to say two across his whole career. You're right, two. We had, I believe, it was Sacramento State his first year. Obviously none in the COVID year. And one this year, South Dakota State, that we already referenced. How many double-digit losses does Klaus have in that same time frame? I'm going to just say 33. Just say he has 11 every year. 33. I really think you read the outline. It's 33. So he's got, yeah, Klaus's career, two, let's call it convincing wins, two. Double-digit losses, convincing losses, 33. And again, those those losses, some of those don't even include the most embarrassing losses, like the two losses to Idaho State this year, including the one in Moscow, which the social media team for Idaho State then posted a picture of ICCU with Idaho State insignia and branded it the woodshed because they should have. That doesn't count the NAU absolutely nightmare game in Flagstaff this year that had really everyone on our, on our show debating, like, do we really want to even talk about this basketball team anymore? But, I mean, again, there's there's no metric you can look at. Every single way you slice how these three years have gone there's no argument. So don't waste your time. We did it for you. Just pay attention to it's it's just personalities. There's nothing else. So what am I going to do from this point, Dallas? You've got a point, so jump in. Devil's advocate. I you did put the double digit losses in the outline. I had not seen that. Uh 15 double digit losses his first year, 17 in the weird COVID shortened year. Only 11 double-digit losses this year, so there is progress. I, you know, as a stats nerd, I have to give him that. There are stats that say he did better last year than than previous years. Um, it's still, it's like saying that uh, brain cancer is better than a bullet to the head, but it's still terminal at the end of the day. It's Idaho had 22 games the COVID year, 17 were double-digit losses. So sure. Again, if your reference point is the worst Big Sky team of the 21st century, you're right. There was some progress. 
if you're willing to have baseline comparisons of Idaho, that the worst team in the 21st century in the big sky as the comparison point, we need to tear down ICCU, sell it for parts. If, if you're okay with that, there's no reason to have a $51 million arena. We're not even saying I, ICCU has to just be covered in banners, but there's no, it is preposterous to spend what we've spent on the arena to then, by the way, in terms of winning mattering, spending the money we spent to buy out Paul Petrino's contract and then be okay with this for basketball. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, there's, it's absolutely preposterous. People who are upset should be upset. People who are frustrated should be frustrated to the like four people who are happy about the news. I mean, I don't know, had a good day. Congrats. But to the overwhelming majority of people who care of the few people who are still left, by the way, the, the reason Tubbs is the, the entity that made the announcement, there's no beat writer who covers Idaho basketball daily. Idaho, especially under Kloss, is not worth covering daily at a print in terms of print newspaper. So, again, this is this is where we're at. Any argument is referenced, has been referenced against such a preposterous baseline standing for Idaho that there's no reason to, almost no reason to even have any money devoted to it whatsoever. If that's okay, what I'm going to tell people to do, Dallas, is let yourself be pissed about this. Let yourself send those emails. Uh, polite, again, be polite, but be firm. Uh, make sure you you talk this out to anyone who's a vandal who cares so you don't let this die because it's important that this does not die. But you're going to need to put it on pause when we get to football because we need to not punish the football team and the energy around football because of this, this embarrassing decision. So do what we're doing here. Let it out. Call some vandals. Text some vandals. Make some posts on all vandals that you wish you would have deleted and don't. Uh, send some angry tweets, and then when it's when we roll into football season, accept that you're on pause and understand your indignation is not leaving. You're choosing to ignore it until it's proper time, because we it is important. I mean, I get guaranteed. I guarantee Dallas. A lot of people feel like me. Some of the excitement for football did vanish with this news, but that's the thing. We can't let that happen. We have to continue to reward Jason Neck and his staff for the work they're doing. We. It, Vandals have to take the wins that we get. We need to not spite them because of a just a, a decision that there's a lot of words I can use to describe that I'm choosing to just skip. We need to not let that infect football. So do not hide this, guys. Let it out. Let people know you're upset. Maybe make the decision to not buy basketball tickets and then buy your football tickets. Get all back in on Eck. Drown your sorrows in the things that we have exciting coming along because we do have spring football to deal with to co- to cover pretty soon, and then in August things start over. But the shift before I throw it back to you, Dallas, the moment that I heard Jason Eck was our head coach, we said it on a show. I wish it was August. I wish it was September. We want to do this now. It was the right call, and Eck is doing everything he possibly can to get people on board support him. Basketball. That, that wasn't my reaction. I am not looking forward to the start of next basketball season. No, not at all. Um, something I, I had been holding in my pocket that I wanted to bring up as a like nuclear option of saying, this is the, the trajectory that Idaho's athletics is on. Uh, I'm going to bring up Sacramento State because I think Sacramento State is a complete joke of a, of a school. 
Um, I think that their athletics department should honestly just be shut down. I think it, I think it's a train wreck. Uh, they hired Troy Taylor and had yeah incredible success, but realistically across history, Sacramento State who cares? They don't even care. Brian Katz, their former head coach who retired in November. Brian Katz had 18 wins in his first three years. Brian Katz ended up coaching that school for 14 seasons and had one, one winning record in his first 12 seasons. Two across his entire career. This is this is the trajectory that is most comparable to what we are doing right now. Sacramento State does not give a shit about their athletics. They kept around a guy that won 18 games in three years because he was cheap and easy and he was going to he wasn't going to say no to being the head coach. They won 10 games his fourth year, 14 is next. You know, there's slow steady improvement and they won they had two winning seasons in his 14 years before he retired. And that is the tra- trajectory that it looks like we are on. And that's disgusting. This is Idaho. We are supposed to be good at things at, at times, but no. Here we are. Can I give you some more devastating news about that comparison? Yes. So I the the broad point I accept and listeners should accept of Sac State basketball structurally not good. Brian Katz was not cheap. Brian Katz had the highest base salary in the big sky. But the reason why, Brian Katz reputationally was a very good coach because it was understood that Sacramento State was really hard to recruit to. So being competitive, close to night in and night out with a gym that seats five, okay, not 500, but the nest in Sacramento legitimately seats less than 1,000 as its max capacity. You are starting so far behind that if you can be competitive, it's a big step forward. That's why Brian Katz stayed there. Now, he didn't have a good enough record to move on elsewhere, probably. But reputationally, he was a very good basketball coach. Zach Kloss is no Brian Katz. I would trade for health-stricken Brian Katz this moment. That's why Brian Katz retired. Health concern. I'd trade for him today if I could. The basic point stands of the comparison point for Idaho. We're not close to comparing ourselves with Montana, Montana State. Side note. We're almost not close to comparing ourselves to Sacramento State based off results. Sacramento State just won the big sky in football, went undefeated. That's two consecutive years that they played. The Sacramento State won the big sky conference in football and made the playoffs. Now, again, fingers crossed in Idaho because Idaho football is moving upward. But your basic point is that Idaho likes to compare itself to Montana, Montana State. Right now, especially with basketball, oh, God, that's a pipe dream. And that's the, I think that's the most frustrating thing about all of this. Uh, the move to the big sky, obviously the, you know, the Olympic sports, the non-football sports moved to the big sky well before the FBS to the FCS drop down. But part of the, the pitch was we're going to put everybody back in the big sky and we're going to start kicking ass. And it hasn't happened. It, I mean, obviously the women's team is, is an outlier because they've been good for a very long time. Uh, shout out to John Newley for building one hell of a program, but this is just, it's maddening. Uh, and it, your point about Brian Katz being so highly paid because he made, you know, mountains out of molehills, I guess is the best way to say it. It's 11 o'clock and I, I can't think of any better phrases to use. We just compared 
a guy in about the worst situation possible for a college basketball coach. The only thing he's got going for him there is that it's in California, and a lot of people live in California. A little bit easier to recruit when there's so many people that live very close to you. We just compared that to this new Mecca. It is absolutely the best arena in the big sky. The best there's there should be so much here that a coach could do so much with. And we are having the comparison of our current coach against the guy with the the worst resources in the big sky. It's it's baffling, it's sad. We like to think of ourselves, like you said, as as the Montana, Montana State-esque school. No, not even close right now. And hopefully, you know, I am excited. Hopefully that's going to change in football. But even right now, we're not that. We're not even close to that. You're muted, Brian. We've, we, I, I thought we were going to make it through a whole show, but we I did not. Dude, I had to. I had to. But the point, the, the, to cl- the closing point of frustration probably, and look, we're approaching an hour, dude, so there's only so much more that we're going to talk about. Vandals, no, we could turn this, we should be able to turn this around on a dime. Give David Riley last year. Idaho and ICCU probably got 14 or 15 big sky wins. He got 11 in Cheney starting from scratch where the entire you know, previous Shantae, Le- whatever legwork Shantae Leggins did it either on its own went to Oklahoma in the Groves brothers, or it followed Shantae to Portland. David Riley started from scratch, had as many big sky wins his first season in Cheney recruiting to what Eastern Washington plays in, which, you know, if you enjoy USSR architecture, it's a great place. Give him ICCU, best arena in the in the big sky, a place that you only need 60% capacity for it to be the loudest gym in the league. We just know, Vandals know, this is not going to take five years. This should honestly take a year to get okay. And then the follow-up question is, are we okay for a, like a couple years treading water where we go from awful to 500 and that that's where it takes a little bit to move over? Or can we go from awful to okay to good quick? I mean, that's essentially took Southern Utah three years to go from terrible to getting a buy in the tournament. It took Montana state three years. No, it took them two years to go from sub 500 to playing in the conference championship game. Took him three years to go from sub 500 to winning the league. We all know that's the that's where University of Idaho basketball should be with our resources in this conference. But we also know, hence the title of the episode, Requiem for a Team. That's it's just not going to happen next year. Basically, we're all getting coal for Christmas next year. December is going to roll around, and Brian and I are going to be talking about how Santa Claus ruined another Christmas. Except I don't even think his name is worth having like a fun joke like that. But uh, point stands, point stands. Dallas, anything else you want to touch on or uh, you ready for me to speed through the ad read and call it a night? Because we still have to give uh, Hughes River Expedition a shout out. I don't yeah, know if they we- actually want to be branded on this oh. episode. That's a good question. I wish Colin was here. Uh, Colin was smart enough to be like, nope, fuck that shit. I'm not joining this episode. You know, very, very good call on his behalf. Uh, I appreciate Patty and the handful of you that are going to listen to this in the future. So I'm talking to you now in the future from the past. Thank you for listening to us rant for an hour because this was very cathartic for me because the only thing I have left to add, Brian, is I think I hate basketball. 
I I think over the last three years, I have lost any interest in the sport of basketball. And that's why I told people get it all out, get pissed. Don't be don't be the worst person in the world on the internet. Like, don't say anything that's gonna get you your job lost. Don't send any messages to gatekeepers that are gonna make us, the people who are correct here, look bad. But be firm. Make sure that people know this is not a decision you support and you don't think anyone possibly could support it. I'm going to make the executive decision to say the ad read is the abbreviated version of guys, Hughes River Expedition. They've been sponsoring the show for quite some time. If you're a person who wants to get acquainted with great outdoors in a way you never have before on any of their all-inclusive week-long vacations, check them out at HughesRiver.com or 800-262-1882. Colin Scott Hughes is a kick-ass vandal. He's been helping us helping us with the show. He has a fantastic entity that is going to take you on vacation that you will be talking about for a very long time. Check out Hughes River, 800-262-1882. HughesRiver.com, hashtag pristine bitches. Yeah. So from here on, man, I'm pretty sure a lot of basketball talk is going to, it's probably going to simmer a little bit longer. If we find out there's a contract extension, that'll revive it. But I expect we're going to get minimal news. The expectation we have is we're told to expect a lot of transfers out of the program. We're going to see people just finished a rough shitty year. So it would not be shocking for players to think they want to leave. But realistically, look, if you're, if you're Trayvonte Anderson or Rashad Smith, you already used your free transfer, so you got to graduate if you're going to leave. If you're one of the other guys on the team who didn't see a ton of minutes, you're probably not getting D1 offers elsewhere. So we don't know exactly who else is going to leave. We do have a couple candidates. Like, look, I wouldn't be shocked if Philip Peppel left. He landed a D1 school. I wouldn't be shocked if someone D1 was willing to give Ethan Kilgore a shot because he was playing out of position here. Uh, so I would, and also if we've been told developmental strategy under Klaus is catastrophically terrible. So whatever uh, extra skill set, you know, improving jump shot, including improving ball handling, Kilgore's probably not getting enough strategic practice. Not his fault. We're not going to get a ton of basketball news. Let it all out. And I don't know, maybe ignore basketball once you've let it out for a while so you can get reacquainted with football. Because, again, the transition point to optimism here isn't talking about basketball. Or it is getting reacquainted with women's team. But then the real optimistic point to look at right now is that football season's coming. Jason Eck and his staff have been exciting vandals for a while. Now, you might have to remind yourself how excited you are because you're pissed about this because you should be pissed about the Zach Kloss news. But you just got to get yourself ready to be all on board for the football team. We have to reward we have to reward vandals who are doing the things we always wanted to have happen. Jason Eck's staff is doing that right now. We got to be ready to get on board once we have our – Anger, sadness, disappointment, devastation. Once that basketball thing is out for a little bit, just know it's always going to be back there in late October, early November of 2022. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I Come on, you irons. That's, that's, that's what I've got right now. I don't even know what sport that is. That's soccer. Uh, yeah, that's West Ham. Okay. Well, we don't – with – we have a couple of dearly departed former hosts who used to talk soccer. And, hey, I'm going to pull back the curtain, guys. Whenever the soccer talk happened, I was checking out Twitter and just waiting for the soccer talk to be over. So just out of myself as a 
very serious anti-soccer. Well, not anti-soccer. I just don't give a shit about soccer. It's kind of like golf. I don't know. I, I accept people watch golf on TV and I, if it brings you happiness, I am happy for you. You will never explain to me why a person should enjoy watching golf on TV. Soccer is not that different in my mind. I apologize for filibustering people with soccer talk. I couldn't stomach saying go V words. So I was like, I'll end the show with come on you irons. Cause at least they at least pretend to give a shit about winning. Well, let's okay. Let's we're going to close guys. We're not trying to, uh, we're not trying to filibuster and fall, you know, just completely fall apart here. We're pissed. Cause we are vandals. We're pissed. Cause we care. You should care. You should be pissed. But that doesn't mean you can't rally around the things that are good. We have a lot. We have a lot. To, a lot of things going well at the university. We referenced Scott Green earlier because of frustration with the athletic department. Scott Green's been fantastic for the university, guys. There are some good things happening. That's part of why basketball is so frustrating because it juxtaposes. There's a lot of great things that going on at the University of Idaho, and also some reason to be optimistic for athletics. And then the juxtaposition of this dog shit in basketball. So I'm gonna have no problem saying go Vandals. I'm going to give Dallas one more shot before Kobe Cuff plays this out. Go Vandals. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals in the crowd. I'll just out there living the dream. Part of one and only Moscow drink.